You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. So I'm going to uh, try to channel my, my inner Jimmy Fallon here and uh, well, you're and, not. And ask questions. You're all- but I am. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna jump in. Good. I'm gonna jump in as as well. So we ask these questions. I've got to, as people are still um, submitting. You see a whole bunch coming in, and people are upvoting. Make sure that you upvote the questions you want to you want to see answered. Um, I've got I've got a couple of questions that I know people are just dying dying to know right now. Um, what would you say your favorite movie is? Well, there's only What's one your movie. movie that I watch over and over because okay. I hate watching a movie more than once. Chris knows this about me. But it's Elf. Who doesn't love Elf? Oh, yeah, Elf. that's good. Elf. Elf. Not too many fans wow. of Elf out there. That's okay. Right. Oh, it's okay. My favorite, my favorite movie that I, I could watch every day for the rest of my life, Braveheart. Come on, somebody. Come on, let's go. That's it. That's good. Wow. Just some, some manly points there. I just, just earned some. I don't know, Trey. Uh, Prince of Egypt. It's uh, Prince's Bride. Prince of Egypt. Oh, Prince's no, Bride. Uh, Prince's Bride is great. Go with that. Go with that. Ten Commandments. I don't know. Go old, old school. Uh, okay, well, what about this? I think I've asked this before, but I want to get a solid answer here. If you had to have a theme song for your life, what would that be? Come on, like you, cool. you walk cool into trip. a room uh-huh. and this starts playing. Yeah, that awesome. sounds good. Yeah, that's, that's a good, a good one. one. That's a good one. Tatum, it's, it's Party Rock. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Tatum. Dynamite. That was our, fam- that was our family song Tyler for a long Cruise, time. That's a good Cruise. one. That's awesome. Okay. Hey, um, seriously, seriously, getting to some serious questions. I know this is one that's been coming in and comes in all the time. Like, how do you deal with relationships or friendships or just having to deal with people that are in your life that aren't believers? You know, like what's, what are we, how are we supposed to engage with that? Is it, are we able to be friends with non-believers? Can we hang out with them? <laughs> that, question is that, that question actually gets asked a lot in, um, yeah, buddy, come on. Of course we're supposed to, it says that Jesus was a friend of sinners, Right. In other words, he was hanging out with people who weren't believers all the time. And I I just think that has to be the posture of our life. But Jesus was hanging out because he was reaching out. It wasn't, do you understand? There was a a mission he was on constantly. I just just think you have to know that. And I also think the the verse that comes to my mind is where scripture says, do not be unequally yoked. And what that means, yoked together with unbelievers, what that means is that are we, who we hang out with most, I want you to hear this, who you hang out with most, who you spend most time with, you know, they actually say that you are the sum total of your five closest friends. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. some of you, you're like, oh no, <laughs> I need some new friends. Well, the reason that's true is because those you hang out with, you yoke yourselves up with. It's a, it's a term used when they would put two oxen together under a yoke and they would pull. If one is weaker than the other, or if one is trying to pull in a different direction, you end up moving in circles. And so some of you are yoked up in relationships where they're pulling you away from the thing God's called you to. Um, you, when you say things, if you're younger and you are embarrassed to introduce your friends to your parents, you're probably unequally yoked. Um, if you're saying things like, I'm doing things now that I never thought I would, you're unequally yoked. You understand? And so you have to be careful to set some boundaries, I think. 
yeah. that you're not being pulled, but you've got to reach out. I mean, you should have tons of friends. And you know what they should say about you, Christian? Is that you're cool. Yeah. They shouldn't be like, so, they're so weird. Christians are weird. The Christians shouldn't be weird. Yeah. Don't be weird, everybody. Yes. Can I help you? Like, the Bible says that he'll know you're Christians by, by your love for yeah. one. Just love on people, man. Love on people. You should be the ones that everyone wants to be around. Yeah. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach a whole message on this, Trey. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, but I think on the other side of that, too, I think a lot of Christians can pull in and be like, I can't be friends with you know, anyone that doesn't know Jesus, but how are we going to reach people? It, it's through relationship. And think about your story, like who led you to the Lord, who had a relationship with you. And so on the other hand, we got to be very mindful of that, that that's, that's part of our, our mission is loving on people, developing relationships, and like you said, you know, with the sole purpose of reaching them. Yeah, yeah that's great. I love it. All right, we're going to get into some of these. Uh, first one, uh, how do I help my child in middle school dealing with people body shaming and bullying? Well, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Um, it's, it's, it's tough because it's, it, it's not tough to answer. It, it's, tough to, it's tough to watch yeah. students yeah. go through it. I mean, because you could give the right answer but translating that into a child's, into a young child's life is, is difficult. Um, um, I don't want to answer all these, but I, I, you're probably great at this, uh, being able to speak to this with parents. But I think the big thing is you're already, you need to, I don't, under, I don't know if maybe you're sensing this in your child or are you actually talking with your child about it? So I think the first thing is you have to talk with your children about everything. You want to make sure that they can talk to you about everything and anything. If you're not talking to your children, somebody else is. And so you've got to be in their life continually, continually, continually. So they have a place to, to dump all this that they're carrying. And then I think the other thing is, is, is teach them two things come to my mind. One is who they are in Christ. I mean, yeah. you, you have to pour on them just constant love and, and, and care and for who they are and how God created them and, and just help them see that the, the value that's in them. They've got to feel that at home. And then I think teach them boundaries. Yeah. Man, I just, they gotta learn to show up to school or wherever it is and go, you know what? I'm not putting up with this. And I could keep going down the list, but I just think that those are, you've gotta teach them boundaries and help them, I think, to be third, lift their eyes because it's a season soon. If you could just keep them moving forward through this season, all of that's going to, it's going to, it's going to, it feels like the biggest thing in the world right now, but. Yeah, you literally hit everything I was thinking. Boundaries is huge. Um, and confidence, helping to build up their confidence, which you touched on as well. But I think just really, uh, when we know that one of our kids is going through a hard time, we invest even more time into them. So taking them out on date nights, going you know shopping, getting yogurt, whatever it might be, we spend more time with them and building up their confidence and speaking into them with their gifts and the things that you see in them. Hey, I love how you are so good at reaching out to new people, how you make your friends feel so loved. And, you know, so just really building that confidence in them to help, you know, offset all that, that negativity that they're, they're hearing. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's real good. Now I would, uh, I would just add how important it is to be speaking God's word over your kids and with your kids and teaching them how to, how to study the word and how to get in the word because that's, that's their, their true source of identity is, is who God, God says they are and what God is, is calling them. And I think those are great. And uh, f for those of you that are dealing with that, whether 
maybe, maybe you're even here, you're a junior high, high school student, whatever, you're in the room and you're being bullied or dealing with body shame or any type of shame uh, or you're a parent that's walking through that. Listen, there's power in prayer as well. Yeah. Uh, there's there is the, the prayer of the, the a fervent, faithful prayer of the righteous availeth much yeah. is what scripture says. That it, it does powerful things. It does good work. So, uh, don't underestimate the power of prayer either. Um, next, next question is um, with everything happening in Israel this week. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know what's happening, and maybe you've been in a living in a cave for this this last few days, but uh, everything happened in Israel this week. What you know? What does God's word say about about this? About the times that we're in, and how does this affect God's people? What are we supposed to do as the church? I'll answer, I'll, I'll dive into that one, but I'll answer in reverse order. God's people, we're called to pray, pray for Israel, pray for the, pray for the nation of Israel, and we need to be engaged in that, and um, there's actually a blessing, the Bible said there's a blessing for those that pray for the nation of Israel, so we're praying for Israel. Um, how it all ties into God's word is scripture constantly speaks over and over again about how Israel will be, uh, will be a, will, will cause a dizziness for the whole world. So scripture talks about how Israel will always be a point of dizziness and contention in the whole world. And this is just another outplaying of that. For those of you that, I mean, a lot of us understand the backstory, but that land is it's where the patriarchs were. You know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, it's their land. It was the promised land that was given to them. Well, when they got scattered abroad, the, um, the um, Palestinians came in, took, took that land, came back into that land. Well, God... In, prophesied that the nation of Israel, children of Israel, would be brought back to that land and that they would become a nation again. By the way, they are the only people group ever that has been scattered abroad, continued to be a people group, brought back and established a nation once again. That happened in 1948. It was a fulfillment of a, of a, of a prophecy. Well, since that moment, of course, there's been tension, especially down around the Gaza Strip. What is all, what is all that leading toward? Well, Someday, there will arise a political leader who will bring peace to that whole region. Um, scripture identifies him as the, as the Antichrist. The Antichrist will bring peace to that region for three and a half years. Because this is the problem that our world cannot figure out how to solve. It's like a constant thorn in the flesh. Well, this uh, Antichrist, uh, this leader, political leader, will bring peace to the land for three and a half years. And then in the middle of that... Um, it's called the desecration of, uh, in the temple where he'll go in and he'll do something that will make the, the he actually slaughters a unclean uh, uh, animal within the temple. The Israelites realize what's going on and they flee to the rock city of Petra and that's all in Revelation. All that to say, what's happening now is just another, God said so, God said so, God said so. It's building more and more tension for us to go, we need an answer. Let me say this. Um, every time I see things like this happening, some people, it depends on where you place the uh, rapture of the church. Some people uh, are looking for the antichrist, like, well, who is he? Is that guy who's gonna bring him? I'm looking for Jesus Christ, everybody, amen? Because, I, I, and it's, it's, it's open. People can, biblical interpretation in different ways, whether the, uh, the rapture of the church is pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. Some say it's pan-trib, like it's all gonna pan out, just however it pans out, but but I believe that we will be raptured before all this chaos. So every time something like that's going on, I'm always like, 
Man, we're getting close. We're getting close. We're getting close. But you guys have anything to add? Or? No. It's great. It's so, great. Yeah. We have a lot of friends that live in, in Jerusalem and in, in, in Israel. And those of you who have gone with us have met a lot of our friends over there. So it hits really close to home right now. We're praying for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, what advice, by the way, these next like three, y'all are, y'all are fighting right over these, these three. They keep going up, up and down. What advice would you give to young adult couples? And uh, if you ask this question and you had a different idea behind it, then just resubmit another one. I'm going to zero in at first on like dating, young adult yeah. dating couples. Yeah. What advice you got for Trey? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, be smart. Uh, be smart. Be, be, be smart. There's, there's something about not, you know, being a young adult, not being at home, you're on your own and you doing your own thing and trying to date. That is a, uh, it, it can be, it's something worth asking or worth like, how do I handle this? How do I navigate this? And I think one of the biggest things, this is for any dating couple, but one of the biggest things I, I see is when people get lost in the other person or yeah. in the relationship. Yeah. You know, and it's like, God, yes, when you get married, you are two becoming one. But before that happens, it's like you're, you should be living your life, modeling your life. Your life should be in pursuit of God's call on your life and God, who is he great, created yeah. you to be so his great. identity for you, not this other person. Yeah. And uh, I, I love the analogy of like, you know, like running in your lanes, like, yeah, like runners that run on a track. I don't do this, but, uh, you know, like you run track, like you got your own lane. I love this idea of just like you're, you're not looking at the person next to you. You're running your race. And maybe every once in a while you like look up, so like who's running in my same direction? Yeah. Like who's, yeah, who's next to me? And then you just keep, keep running and keep running. And then pretty soon, you know, maybe there's, there's just one other person that's, that's there and running yeah. the same direction. And if you're both pursuing God with all that you have, you're going to get closer together. You're going to, to, to come closer. And I just would say like making sure you don't lose your purpose or your identity or yourself or God's call on you in the other person. That's so, so good. good. Yeah. Anything else? Add, add to that. No, we mean, got some you, young adult that's couples. That drop. That's really good. Tatum, yeah. no, that so you good. love speaking to this. but uh, oh, Yeah, no, I know. I think that's, I love that. Um, you know, we've got three uh, adult children and we just encourage them, um, you know, take the pressure off. Um, dating is to find out if this is someone that you want to marry. So don't put so much pressure on, like, you know, it's, it's, you're one month in and you're worried about marriage already, like, just take the pressure off and just have fun, get to know them. This is a season in your life that someday you will be married. You, you won't have this season again. So just enjoy this season. And yeah, I love what you said. Just continue to keep your eyes on, on the Lord and who he has you to be. So that's good. It's really good. It's great. It's great. Next one. This is, a, this is a good one. I like this question. How can I get out of my own head? It's somebody that's just swimming in their, in their own thoughts. That's a great question. Is this okay, everybody? Come on. You enjoying this? I can't. Okay, good. Um, that's a great question. Because I, I, do you mind if I jump in on this one? No. Um, there's, this, it, 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 there's this word. Someone say ruminate. Ruminate. What it means is it's what cows, cows do. It's in the gross. It grows. But you notice the cows will chew their food and swallow it, and then they'll Spit it back up, chew it more, swallow it, spit it back up, chew it more, swallow It's disgusting. But we do that with our thoughts. And so what happens is, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm, 
we're asking this question, I think, because probably some negative thoughts are in your own head. And, and what happens with a negative thought is every time you think a negative thought, again, it becomes more negative. It becomes more negative. And you swirl and you swirl. You ruminate, you ruminate, and you get stuck in your own head. And I think one of the reasons we're asking this question is because it's actually one of the primary sources of, of depression. And it'll push you into a place of depression really quick because you get lost in your own head. This is where we find uh, Isaiah, uh, or Elijah, when he was in, in the ran. Uh, and hid in the cave. He's in his own head, just scared, scared, scared. And, and all of a sudden, the whole world's falling in around him. And that's what'll happen if you get stuck in your own thoughts. How do you get out of your own thoughts? Um, you need to get in a, in a crew. You need, yeah. a, you need a community. You need, I call it, I call it 2 a.m. people. Yeah. Every single person in this, in this venue, every one of you online, you need a 2 a.m. friend. You can call at 2 a.m., they can call you at 2 a.m., and you know, when I call them, text them, whatever, they, got, they don't got me on that, on that, you know, like sleep mode notification. I, I could pass through that stuff, and they will answer, okay, they'll answer, and I have friends like that in my life, you need friends like that in your life, you got to have those people that, and you even say, hey, when I call, I need to talk to you, so I have people who will, who will text me, and I know uh, they're stuck in the head right now, I need to call them, because it's, let me tell you this, it's not, it doesn't just happen to you. It happens to me, it happens to all of us, because the, the enemy's ploy in our life, you know we talk about spiritual warfare? You know where it happens? The battlefield of spiritual warfare is your mind. The battlefield of spiritual warfare are your thoughts. The Bible says take every thought captive to the submission, and put it to the submission of Christ, Philippians, okay? Yeah. Every thought. So. I think you need community. I think you, you, you jump into God's word. And, and the reason I brought community up first is because I think some of us, okay, I'm gonna get in God's word, but you, you just get still trapped in your own head. You need to, God gave you friends to help you, yeah. right? So you get around community and a community is gonna help you take those thoughts captive and submit them to Christ. Are they true? Are they not true? Or, you know, and, and help encourage you. So that would be, man, don't, don't, don't. How do you get stuck in, how do I get out of my own head? Man, you, you need to get in community. And if that's you today, I'm telling you, before you leave here today, we're gonna yeah. give you an opportunity to get yeah. prayer and just come up, let's pray for you, let's yeah. talk. Get it, out, get it out of your, don't ruminate on it anymore. Yeah. Spit that thing out, all right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Right? love that, so good. Um, how good do question. you, yeah, how do you approach conversations with others about gender identity or confusion in a way that's biblical but loving yeah, especially when they don't even claim to believe in God or the Bible. Um, I'll start into it, but if you guys, okay. So um, I, I, I would say this, do, let me start with what not to do. do like, don't, don't belittle it. Don't make a joke. Don't, don't, don't come off as someone who, like he's on your little high horse and you don't care. Because it's a real issue. It's, like a, it's a real issue. It's not like, you know, oh, get over it. You know, like it, sometimes I hear Christians when it comes to like issues with homosexuality, it's like, you know, it's like, it's, it was uh, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Oh, and they move on. It's just, come on, you guys. Like people need real answers. And there are people genuinely struggling with what's called gender dysphoria. And that's where they, they were born with, with, uh, sexual organs in one category, but they identify and they feel emotionally like they're pulling into another category. 
okay? And so don't, don't belittle it um, at all. And I'd, I'd also say don't, um, uh, I think sometimes we, we, um, we impose stereotypes. I think this is a big thing. Don't impose stereotypes. In other words, you know, all boys fill in the blank. All girls fill in the blank. Because uh, I think we're, we're hurting the issue when we do that. You know, if, if a girl wants to go play baseball or something, we're like, oh my gosh, you know, they, no, stop it. Come on, stop it. There's just a lot of dumb things we do. Okay, with all that said, how, how to handle how to handle the conversation. I think what you need to realize is, is um, they're really wrestling. And uh, what they're wrestling with is how they perceive themselves right now. But how you perceive yourself right now, how you feel changes and how you feel can lie to you. How you feel, how you perceive things, it, it, it changes throughout seasons of your life. And what ends up happening, happening is in this wrestle, they make lifelong decisions based upon yeah. temporary yeah. emotions, based upon, upon how I'm feeling right now. Maybe they're not even temporary feelings. Maybe it's, I, I genuinely, and this could be my life. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Um, the society comes in and says, um, you need to be authentic to how you feel. Just be authentic. And that's what they're hearing. That's what they're hearing from friends. That's what they're hearing from school. That's what they're, just be authentic to how you feel. The true you, the this, the that. But I just need to interrupt the conversation and say, we have this thing called flesh. It is sinful and it pulls away from truth. So don't pay attention to how you feel. How you feel can lie to you. Does that make sense, everybody? Yeah. Um, we don't always, we, living in seasons, doing what you feel does not always get you to the right place in life, okay? So your feelings can lie to you. You start on that basis. And then you go, listen, what we want is not authenticity to how we feel, authenticity to what we feel. It's integrity to what is true. So what you genuinely are longing for is integrity to what is true. Okay, I'm gonna do what's right no matter what I feel. I'm gonna strive toward what's right no matter what I feel. And then that's where you go into God's word. Yeah. And you start to just help understand that God created us, male and female, male and female, he, he, he created them. There is, there, is, um, there is a propensity in all of us to pull away from things, but what we want to do is be genuine to how God has marked us in our, in our being. So, anyone? Um, yeah, I just think you have to approach it like that. Like there's not just this cut, dry, it's a journey that they're wrestling with and you have to be lovingly walking with them on that journey. Because here's what we know, let's go the other way. Go ahead, throw yourself into that. I, I, I promise you, there is so much hurt in that. There is so much pain and so much trauma and so much. And if you could help guard them from just running in how they feel and help pull them toward what is true, um, you will save them from the other side of this problem that no one's talking about today is when we say yes to all of it and we just say, go ahead. Um, is that helpful, everybody? I, I, I think... I think too, like, 
And if they're not asking for your opinion on it, I wouldn't keep shoving it on them. I would just, you know, it says God's kindness is what leads us to repentance. And so I think just showing them love and loving on them and as opportunity arises, praying for those conversations that you can have with them. When someone doesn't know Jesus, they don't, they don't know that that's right or wrong. You know what I mean? So there's living in that lifestyle and God has put you there in their life. And so I would encourage you to pray and ask for opportunity just to continue to speak truth and just continue to love them and, and see what God can do through that relationship, through that. Yeah, that's great. And not to stay on this, this one point, but for those of you, maybe you're in the room and you're like, I am that person. Yeah. Um, I'm you know, struggling with what, whatever it is, uh, gender, confusion, uh, homosexuality, sexual orientation, what, whatever that is. First of all, you need to know um, that Jesus loves you yeah. more than anything that you yeah. could yeah. ever imagine. Yeah. And if someone, especially in the church, has hurt you or made you feel shameful or condemned you, I can tell you that that is not God's heart. Um, that he, he loves you and that there, there is an answer and it's not in anything that we could create or craft for you. It's Jesus yeah. and yeah. that he's for yeah. you. And we have people in our church today who have walked through this journey yeah. and who have come yeah. out on this, this other side of, you know what, I surrender my life to Jesus, which means I also surrender my thoughts and my opinions and my beliefs and how I feel. I submit it to God doesn't always change what you're feeling, but you have to choose to submit that to God and to God's word. And uh, can I just tell you that if you've ever felt like this church is in a place for you, uh, you belong here. Yeah. This church is for yeah. you, yeah. and uh, we're going to walk with you. Yeah. So. That's really good. Hey, can I give scripture on that? Just so that they, you know, freedom and, and peace is what we want for you. Freedom and peace in life. Freedom and peace are not found in the indulgence of it. All of us struggle with this because we have fleshly desires. Freedom and, and peace are not found in the indulgence of our fleshly desires. They're found in turning from our fleshly desires and submitting all of that to Christ. Yeah. And everybody on some level is doing that with something in their life. I mean, and that's what we're walking with and trying to help one another on. Galatians 5.24 says, those who belong to Christ have crucified the fleshly desires and his passions. And I love this verse. Please listen to it and we'll move on. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 11 says, Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived into sexually immoral, or idol, or, or dial, uh, um, uh, idolaters, adulterers, men who have sex with men, or thieves, uh, nor the greedy, nor the drunkard, nor the slanders, nor the swindler. And he's going on this whole list. Everyone's going, I, I, some of that hits me. Now watch what it says. And that is what some of you were. Isn't that interesting? He's talking to the church. He goes, that's what some of you were. That's, what, that's where some of you, that, he's talking to the church. They're looking at the end of the church. They're going, yeah, I know, that was so-and-so. That was right. Because they, yeah. they know each other. But watch what he says. That's what you were. And as Trey was pointing out. But you were just, you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Yeah. You're washed. You're clean. Yeah. You're justified. Yeah. And God, God wants to do that in, in your life and help you. That's that's great. Great. I love this next question. It says, I know... Um, how, how do I know if I'm making a career change for my personal ambitions or goals compared to what God has for my life? Am I pursuing my own personal goals or what God's calling me to do? I think God wants us to be successful, and, and he wants us to have goals. And, and as we work hard, I believe that God wants to bless us. And so um, 
my first, you know, thought would be, yeah, go for it, you know. But I think the other side of that is thinking through how is this going to affect, you know, if you're if you're married, if you have children, how is this going to affect my family? Um, is it going to take me away more? Is it going to make me more busy? Am I going to be less present? Is it going to be more stressful? So just thinking through what is that going to look like once it starts to pan out. But I, I think that God, he wants us to yeah, move forward. Yeah, I, I think keep it simple. Keep it simple. Do, do God's general will. In other words, love him, love others. If you're doing his general will, God will lead you into his specific will. We're always, when we talk about God's will, we want, God, do I get married? Do I change my job? Do I, but just do the general. Love him, love others. And God will use that momentum to lead you into what you're supposed to be doing specifically. Yeah. With work, I say, man, try to find something. If you got a gift in something and you love something and, and you have an opportunity to, to jump on that or, or have a... Have, a, have influence somewhere that, that, that postures you in a way that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And why not? I, I just don't, I think sometimes we overcomplicate God's will. We make it like, don't miss the line or else you're in trouble. You know, I think, I think there's just this, God, I always, I always use the illustration of, of God kind of, when you're walking in his general will, God walls you into his specific will. Like there's a wall on both sides. I keep walking forward, and if God wants that thing to turn right, pretty soon I'm bumping into a wall that's gonna make me turn right. Come on, how many of you experienced yeah. that, Christians? Like you go, God's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Or yes, yes, yes. So I just think don't overcomplicate it. Yeah, and, I can't uh, tell you how many times I've like, I've had people come to me asking, like, what, what should I do? I got these two options. Right. And it's like, sometimes, like, God's just like, pick one. I'm going to bless it either way. Like, just, yeah, just yeah. pick it's one. Great. It's like, great. That's we, great. We, we definitely over-spiritualize. But there is, there is a, um, uh, something to guard yourself in that selfish ambition. You know, you look at the, at the first sin when Eve uh, ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? The, the devil's telling her, um, this is going to make you like God. Like, well, the pursuit of godliness is not a bad thing. Like yeah. that, that, that's a good thing, but it was the ambition behind it and the, the motive behind it. But I think if, as like I said, if you're, if you're following the general will of God, maybe you've got some community in your life that you trust, that you can help filter things through. Like, hey, am I just being super selfish about this? Or yeah. what do you guys think? And if it lines up with God's word, it lines up with God's people, it lines up with the general will of God, then, then roll with it. It's good. All right, we've got time for... One or, one or two more. Um, I, know, I know God says that authorities are put in positions only by his allowance, but how do Christians live under ungodly leaders and sinful laws they impose? Yeah. I, scripturally, we're, we're to respect, pray for our leaders, but when they, the, the authority of God's word is over the, their authority that they have within government. So we, we submit ourselves under the ultimate authority, which is God. Yeah. And if they are asking us to do something outside of God's authority, they, they've drawn a line in the sand that we won't cross. And so, and, and, and I think it's, I mean, I don't wanna oversimplify it, but that's where, where we have to posture ourselves. Like, I, I am of another kingdom, right? Does that make sense? Like, I gave my life to, this, our church called Citizens for a reason, because we are citizens of heaven for where we eagerly wait the Lord's return. And so I'm passing through, and while I'm here, I honor and I respect but if you ask me to cross a line or you lay down something that, that is outside of God's heart and God's will, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't. I won't. And um, good. That's great. We'll just cruise through them, Trey. Throw them at me. Okay. Well, uh, I, I've, got one, I've got one that I just feel like we have to address because um, 
it, it came in, I'm assuming this came in as a response to uh, a question that we were just talking about before is what I'm going to assume. Um, but it says, am I really accepted by all of you or is this something you're just supposed to say? I didn't grow up like this at all and find it hard to feel comfortable. I'm assuming feeling comfortable inside a church context. Yeah. I mean, you got to understand the Bible says that, that for God so loved the world, like he, he God, that word world there is the God rejecting see humanity. Like everybody that was running from God, Jesus looked at it and said, I just, I love him. I just love him. Um, and he loved the world so much that he, he, Jesus came and went to the cross and on the cross took upon himself everything we deserve for our sin. Like our wrongdoing, our crazy, our doing our own thing separated us from, from him. But he, he so badly wanted to close that separation that Jesus went, took upon himself everything that you deserve for that separation so that he could be brought back into relationship with you again. I mean, he loved, that's the heart of God for every single person, every single breathing person on this planet, human being, that just wants to be in relationship with him. Now listen, when, when someone gives their life to Christ, it says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Look at, I can't help but love you. I can't help it. Yeah. Oh, but I did this and you don't know and this secret and that thing. Here's what I do know. I'm gonna, you got a body of Christ that loves you and is gonna walk with you into all the great things God has for you. And, and that whole thing about being comfortable, I get it. You walk in, you're like, can I really let my guard down? <laughs> if they know this, will they still love me? Listen, if you let your guard down, what you're gonna find is that you're not alone. When yeah. you say, I've wrestled with this, I'll go, oh, guess what? Uh, so has, or so have I, or so, right? And that's what happens in crews. You show up to a crew and you're like, everyone's like, you know, just, you're not yeah. letting it all out yet. But then pretty soon you're like, hey, can you guys pray for me? Blah. And you let in a little bit of what you're walking through. What you find is others are walking through the same. None of us are perfect. And all of us got stuff that make us think people won't love me if they find out. No, I'm telling you, the body of Christ is here for you through and through. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hey, and listen. The greatest thing you can do in response to, like I say always, we want our love to point you to God's love. Yeah. And, and what we want for you more than anything is to become part of the body of Christ, is to step into a relationship with Jesus and experience the life that he has for you, experience the community he has for you, and to live in the way that God's intended you to live. Every one of us have a, have a, home, a homing beacon inside of our heart. Yeah. Where we're just going, where's home? Where's home? Where's home? Where's home? Where's home? And you can go look for it in friends. You can look for it in the world. You're going to go look for I always call it like the dumpsters of society. Like, what do they have? You're just a, a, a hungry, hungry, poor person just looking for that place to belong. But I'm telling you, you will not find home until you actually come home. And this is meant to be your home. These are your brothers and sisters. It says that the, the, the picture God loves to use is that he's our father. And that makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. And when you say yes to him, listen, you're saved, anchored in heaven, and brought into this thing called the body of Christ. I'm telling you, there is no other way to live. And, and, you, know, and you know, with that, with that, as we close out today, I actually do want to give an opportunity for any of you who have never said yes to Jesus, come on, to have your sins forgiven, get anchored in heaven, and be brought into the body of Christ. Maybe for the first time, maybe some of you have been running and it's just time to come home. 
I hope what you've heard in all of this today is that no matter what questions we have, God's word has answers. Like there's, there's, we can always go to God's word and stand on God's word. We can keep our life in this place where we're postured and surrender to him. And I wanna invite you, if you haven't done that, to come and just surrender your life to Jesus. Hey, church, would you pray with me? Come on, let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for your word that you've given it to us, God, and, and, and the wisdom you give in your word, the, the authority that your word carries in our life, God. I thank you for this, this time, all the questions that we've gone through, the things that we've been wondering, and, and God, I pray for anyone, any questions that they've had that haven't been answered, that, that God, you would bring them into crew or even just afterward in conversation today, that those things would be talked about. They'd, they'd find resolution to those things that they've been wondering. And God, for those here right now who are, are distant from you. God, those who have not yet, yet said yes to you. God, I pray that Jesus right now, they would realize that you brought them here to this place on purpose. God, they're listening right now online on purpose. God, you did not, this was not a mistake that they would, they would show up into this moment. And God, I pray that you would draw their heart to you right now. Lord, as your word says, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, every single one of us. We've all sinned. We've done things we regret. God, your Bible calls it sin. But God, you've not left us in our sin. You sent Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you for going to the cross and giving your life in our place so that we can live. Thank you for absorbing what we deserve for our sin. And Jesus, thank you for filling us with your spirit and giving us life. Listen, if you're in here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now in this moment before we leave. Listen, I don't know what you've been turning to to try to find home or to find life, but it's meant to be found in him. So today, would you come home? Would you say yes to him? Listen, if that's you, I'm going to lead you in a word of prayer. Prayer is simply talking to God. I'll give you the words. You repeat and pray after me, and God's going to come in and touch and change your life forever. So if that's you, come on, let's say this to God. Tell him, tell him, God, God, I thank you that you love me right where I am. But I know that you've got more for me. And so today, I want to surrender my life to you. I thank you for going to the cross on my behalf, for giving your life in my place and for rising again from the grave to lead me into life. God, I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit and help me to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone agreed together and said a good hearty. Come on, church, amen. Hey, can we celebrate with everybody that made that decision today that said yes to the Lord? Come on. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. 